0: Welcome back to let's do this. everybody. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Yeah,
1: We're sitting down to introduce our episode.
0: Yeah, wow. We have a really powerful conversation to share. We really do with our with our guest on on this episode, and we're we're learning when to discern when we want to when we need to give you all a heads up. Uh, on content, well, on the content of the conversation. Mm-hmm. This, this is a powerful story, and it has. It, it, we we're talking about addiction. We're talking about abuse. Mm-hmm. We're talking about PTSD, mental mm-hmm. health, mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> food addiction, substance addiction, yeah, uh, alcohol, um, yeah. So you know. a trigger warning. It's um, it's an interesting concept. I think it's valuable. And I think it does just let people know, like, this might not be for everybody. And if you choose to listen to it, it might bring up some stuff. Mm-hmm. And that that's okay. It's part of why we do this. Mm-hmm. Um, we encourage folks to be curious about what does come up after tough conversations that you're exposed to in life. And it's okay to reach out to people. It's okay to journal about it. It's okay to recognize it, not feel bad about it, take a walk, put on a good song afterwards. Yeah.
0: You know? hmm Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all, we all have to do what we got to do.
1: Renee, thank you so much. Thanks for um, telling us about your journey. hmm and the life that you are living and have lived. And um, it's potent medicine.
0: I think this conversation is so powerful. I think her, mm-hmm. Renee's story is powerful. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: she, her courage to do what she continues to do and her courage to come and sit with us and share it, I'm just in awe Me of too. her. Me too. I'm in awe of you, Renee. Big time. All right. Thank you, you beautiful thanks soul. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, take good for, care. Yeah. Of the riding shit. I'm straight. I'm on my way. I'm on my way.
3: Get up my way. I'm running late. What can I say? I heard you die twice. Once when they bury you in the grave. And the second time is the last time that somebody mentions your
2: name. So when I leave here on this earth, did I take more than I gave? Did I look out for the people or did I do it all for fame? Legend is Exodus. Searching for euphoria. Judging through the
0: Good morning. We are recording with Renee Simon today. Hey, Renee. Hi,
1: good morning. Thanks, good morning. For, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sitting down with us.
3: Glad to be here. Yeah.
1: I love that you are our first guest that reach out, reached out to us. That mm-hmm. really stands out in my mind for like some of the intention behind this interview and that... Um, and that this is this is something that you asked for that you had a desire for that you w- w- listened inside of yourself as like hmm i mean you got you you had some moment in time where you were like yeah this woman that used to clean my house has a podcast i'm going to ask her <laughs> if she would like to <laughs> yeah. interview me on her show yeah and that really stands out for me that's 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 beautiful. Yeah, I think it's pretty incredible. Thank you for for trusting yourself in that moment to be like, I'm going to reach out to her.
3: Yeah. Oh,
0: well, thank you for accepting. Yeah. Well, when people know that their story can help. Yeah. I mean. And that's
1: something for us to listen to. If somebody's like reaching out, it's like. Absolutely. You know, part of our responsibility, having some microphone in our faces of Mm -hmm. like. Giving people that opportunity, so Renee, mm-hmm. we're just gonna go right in. I'm not gonna try to introduce you. I know so very little about you. Uh, you were a great boss for many years. Thanks for hiring my <laughs> my hardworking ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you, hope I, good, I
3: hope I was a good, I hope I was a good cleaning lady. Clean the house. You do Sorry. know how to clean a house. <laughs> <laughs> I do. That is true. <laughs>
1: um, tell us, tell us why you wanted to reach out to us and, and invite yourself into the space. Sure.
3: Um, I think it is because I feel like my story is important to tell not because it's my story, but because it's a lot of people's stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the more people who are willing to be open that, you know, this is their story, um, the more we can change the story. So Ooh, there's a lot the of, yeah, there's a lot of pieces of my story Um that are things that need to be changed in our society, and mm-hmm. I want to be part of that change. So, well, you it's are important. Yeah, it's important for me to tell the story.
1: Mm. Thank you. So, yeah,
3: Where I know. Does it so- begin? Where does it begin for mm. you? Ah, mm. oh. well, it really begins at birth. Um, mm-hmm. I was born into a family, I was born to a mother that loved me very much, mm-hmm. I'll say that to to, to precursor things, mm-hmm. um, and and a father who loved me too, um, but my father left when I was a year and a half old,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and um, I was left in the care of his parents. Mm-hmm. And um while my mother sort of struggled to make it as a single mom, unfortunately his his parents, my biological grandparents, um were abusive.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: mm. and actually um extremely religious. So the the type of abuse that I endured uh is now today labelled ritual abuse. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, right. Um so that was pretty intense growing up and it started very young, young enough. I don't really remember when it started. It just was sort of the background of my life
2: mm-hmm.
3: until I was about age 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and my contact with them sort of slowed down and ceased. Um, mm-hmm. And eventually I think my grandfather died when I was 12 mm-hmm. um, and I didn't have any, I was able at that age to say I didn't want any contact with that family anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so i did eventually have a stepfather who i also had a lot of issues with um he was very stoic and unemotional and and just cold mm-hmm. and i i don't think i ever really knew what he thought about me <laughs> mm-hmm. um so growing up in my house was just um difficult because I was hiding the secret uh, of what was going on with my grandparents mm-hmm. I, I had no connection whatsoever to my stepfather. My mother was a working mother and mm-hmm. and uh, so I just felt very alone and mm-hmm. um, was going through a lot so mm-hmm. by the time I went to college I I began using substances
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, both food, which I have an addiction to, and um, then alcohol and marijuana and other substances that I could get my hands on. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a pattern in my life for three decades. Mm-hmm. You know, just um, using and uh, eating and. Mm-hmm. Just um, your
0: nervous system, your nervous yeah. system trying to, to cope. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. So just yeah. trying to numb, you know, just trying to yeah. blot out the memories and the reality of who I was, and mm-hmm. it was it was a long period of my life that I I almost don't remember. Sure. <laughs> my twenties and and thirties. Um, it's
1: like a a movie you watched a long time ago.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was <laughs> just a blur. Mm-hmm.
1: Had you up until this point? When you started using, had you shared with anybody any parts of your childhood, or was that still a pretty, pretty close secret of yours, or had you
3: begun to talk about it yet? I had to a few people, um, a couple of therapists, um, you know, one or two friends in college. Sure. But um, anytime I started to talk about it, I would just be flooded with with flashbacks and, mm-hmm. and other sort of PTSD symptoms and yeah. it, my life got really unmanageable. And so mm-hmm. I, um, I learned to just be quiet about it because I couldn't really handle what came up when I, when I tried to talk. Yeah. About it. for
0: sure. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Do you feel like you really have to be ready
0: for that as a person that goes through what you've gone through?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that one of the earlier therapists I had, I was still at, living at home and I was a teenager and she told my parents, you know, something's something's really wrong with your kid. Um, she recognized my eating disorder right away mm-hmm. and um, she recommended that I go to Rogers um, Memorial mm-hmm. Hospital in Oconomowoc for treatment and mm-hmm. um, my dad... <laughs> My stepdad said, uh, no, because he didn't want to pay the insurance Mm co-pays, which were significant. You know, insurance is always an issue. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there was some recognition that there was things going on, but Mm -hmm. so ironically, I would end up there many, many times later.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. Right
1: once the healing really changed a direction right
2: mm-hmm.
3: so the the big event that changed my life was at the age of um twenty nine uh after a night out drinking mm-hmm. i um I ended up pregnant mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, you know I was single i was uh working at Office Depot, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and my life didn't have much direction. Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew that I had always wanted children. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I made the very shocking, I think to most people in my life, decision to have the baby. Mm -hmm. And so in 2002, my daughter was born, January Mm -hmm. 2nd. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. And that really rocked my world in a lot of ways. It it changed a lot of things. It it didn't stop my using um, mm-hmm. long-term, but it did stop it for a while. Mm-hmm. I didn't use when I was pregnant. I didn't use when she was little. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but what I did use was food. And mm-hmm. so I, I ended up at my highest weight, which was almost 400 pounds. Mm. Um, and so I decided I needed, uh, to do something about that. So I had gastric bypass surgery. Mm. So when Noel was, uh, six, can you, can
1: can you explain, you know,
3: briefly what that means? So it's a gastric, uh, R and Y gastric bypass surgery. It just means that they reduced my stomach to the size of a golf ball.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: and cut out part of my intestines. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I can't eat much and mm-hmm. I don't absorb food the same way other people do.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And so I lost over 200 pounds
2: mm-hmm. in a
3: matter of like nine months. Wow. So I became half the person I
1: was.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of emotional backlash to that. Yeah, I can um, imagine. My goodness. Yeah. I yeah. felt really vulnerable for the first mm-hmm. time in my life. Mm-hmm. which triggered a lot of PTSD
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. which keeps the cycle going of wanting right. your, your nervous system just really wants to be okay right. it wants mm-hmm. to try to even itself out mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and, and right. go
1: and go to those patterns that have worked for you before yeah
3: right yeah. so what ended up happening was um my addiction returned Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I felt so vulnerable um, When they remove part of your intestine uh, The alcohol goes straight to your bloodstream Oh my
0: goodness So I, yeah. I was
3: able to get drunk very easily um, mm-hmm. And uh, so I just and I, and I ended up with a restrictive eating disorder mm-hmm. um, Then instead of a binge eating disorder So um yeah, that's like whiplash. Kind of yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was a sense yeah. of whiplash. Things mm-hmm. mm-hmm. things just got kind of worse the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um. and that's and that's hard when you
1: feel like you're making a decision in your life that's going to change that direction that you're headed.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: can imagine there was some a little bit of hopefulness of like, okay, I'm going to make this decision, I'm going to do this thing with my body, and. And what you thought was going to come from it and how it like comes back and, and
3: gets you when you think you're, when you think you're, you're going to be all right. Right. Yeah. I thought I was making the right decision and I, in retrospect, I wouldn't say I made the wrong decision, um, I think for my health, I needed to do what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, I couldn't have remained at 400 pounds. I wasn't a good parent at that size. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
3: And I had a lot of health issues. Yeah. But it was one part of what needed. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
3: So.
0: Which I think is common for so many people who've had to have had to, for sincere health reasons, have had to lose that much weight. mm -hmm. There's still the emotional. Mm-hmm. Part of it that's getting like we're still working on how to tend to the emotional mm-hmm. part of that yes. because it's like the biggest thing.
3: Yeah, yes. the
1: body—the body is the, the actual physical body—is just such a small little piece of the story. Right. Yeah. And, our, and it
3: holds so much, you know. We're yeah. still learning about what the body actually holds, and yeah, so
2: sure.
3: I yeah. you know I think we'll learn so much more in the future about like what happens when your body physically sheds half of its weight. I think so much is released from those cells that you were carrying, that trauma that you've been carrying for, you know, for years. It had been 36 years. Um, You know, I can't imagine what I was releasing into my bloodstream and my body by
2: Mm. by shedding those
3: 200 pounds. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I really, I, I did have PTSD whiplash, um, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so my addiction got a lot worse, um, for a while. And then I, I met someone, um, and I really wanted to settle down with her. Mm-hmm. Um, her name was Stephanie. And um, we really wanted to settle down and have a family. And so mm-hmm. I was able to tame things
2: mm-hmm.
3: for a while again, you know, and um, we decided to try and have another baby mm-hmm. because we wanted Noel to have a sibling and we wanted to have a child together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had sort of gotten my using under control. I felt like, you know, this is it. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, And so we proceeded with the whole um, fertilization process um, Mm. and I got pregnant and it was uh, probably one of the happiest times in my life. Yeah. Uh, It was so exciting. Um, Mm. Got pregnant on one of our very first tries and um, yeah, so it was a really exciting time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at about Four and a half, five months pregnant, I lost my son. Hmm. And um Renee. Yeah, that was that was a pivotal moment um between Stephanie and I and in my life. Hmm. Because um what ended up happening is um you know, I have I have mental health issues. I have Mm -hmm. depression and anxiety and PTSD, you know, and those are all interwoven. And so my depression just got so bad Mm -hmm. after my miscarriage.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
3: I wanted nothing more than to join my son. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. Stephanie and I were grieving very differently. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: And the doctors Mm -hmm. had prescribed me endless bottles of Vicodin after my um, procedure my miscarriage procedure,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and I just kept taking them.
2: Mm-hmm. Of and that's when my yeah.
3: addiction hit its full stride. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Once I became addicted to opiates. Um, it that's was, a whole other world. It was a whole mm-hmm. other world. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so uh, by um, fast forward like three years, I, mm-hmm. I ended up in my first rehab. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: So how
1: would you be willing to consider I don't know sharing how you got there what what was that moment? Mm-hmm. you know your very first rehab, like yeah, after a long time coming, how'd you get there
3: i you know, I started with the the pain medication and then I switched to doctor shopping for the pain medication. So switching from doctor to doctor and telling them all my pains and troubles. And then I developed a chronic illness, which I did develop Mm -hmm. at that time and I still have, which Mm -hmm. is fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. But I went from doctor to doctor shopping for pain meds, for treatment for that. And then when they started saying, you know, we don't want to treat your fibromyalgia with pain meds anymore. um, It just so happened that my mother at that time, was in hospice Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and prescribed lots and lots of pain medication. And so I started pilfering her pain medication. Mm -hmm. Because every time they changed her dosage, they would say, discard the remaining pain medication and we'll give you a new script. Mm -hmm. I never discarded anything. Mm -hmm. Sure. So then I switched to higher pain meds, you know, because my mom was on morphine and fentanyl. Right. Right, um, so by the time I reached um two thousand and fourteen um, it was October of two thousand and fourteen, I was taking hundreds and hundreds of milligrams of of morphine a day, and um, I went to therapy one day, and I was really. Sick because I hadn't had enough that day, mm-hmm. and my therapy mm. therapist noticed and was like, "What's going on?" And I was like, "You know, I didn't, I didn't take my meds today." And she's like, "Well, what meds?" Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it kind of all came out in therapy, and mm-hmm. she's like, "You know, I need you to call Stephanie right now and tell her what's going on while we're in the office right oh, now wow. on the phone." Yeah, like yeah. an intervention. And so. By the time I got home, Stephanie had already called around to rehabs and uh, I was on, I, by the end of the day, I was in Rogers.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So um, I stayed at Rogers, the Harrington house at Rogers for three months.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Were
1: you in that, in that moment, were you a part of you kicking and screaming and a part of you throwing your hands up and saying, I quit or or not, I quit, but like, Thank you. Take me. Somebody mm-hmm. help me. Was it mm-hmm. a little, a little bit of
3: all of it? I think there was a lot of relief, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'm so yeah. miserable. Yeah. Um. All I, I did just... every day was literally, literally yeah. crawl out of bed, grab an energy drink,
2: drink. Mm-hmm
3: from the fridge, mm-hmm. swallow down a handful of pills, and mm-hmm. then sit there on the floor next to my mother's bed, because she was living with us in mm-hmm. her hospital bed in our living room
2: mm-hmm.
3: and wait for the medication to kick in so I could start taking care of my mother. Mm-hmm. Every day was like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So
0: when the, the when pain, the truth the came out you need to be numbed first before yeah. you could try to do anything. Yeah. yeah.
3: By the time that the truth came out, it, I was just so miserable. Mm-hmm. So I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. I was crying. I was I was apologizing to Noelle over and over again, saying, "You know, I your mom's a junkie. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't believe this is happening." Mm-hmm. But I was so relieved to go. Mm-hmm. So. um I went to rehab. I was there for three months. And the wonderful thing about the Harrington house is that they specialize in dual diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So I got treatment not just for my addiction, but for my PTSD Mm
2: -hmm.
3: for the first time, really. Because PTSD is such a driver, right? Right. Of maintaining your addiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's there's a man out there named Andrew who I owe so much mm-hmm. to who I'll probably never see again and never be able to think properly. But he was the first one I really told about the ritual abuse. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. we worked on it for three. I was there almost three and a half months. And um, by the time I left there, I could talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I stayed, I stayed clean for a year and a year and a half almost Mm -hmm. after Rogers. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Because, you know, there was a lot of work done there. What was
0: one of the biggest components preventing you from wanting to like air out that ritual abuse from your young childhood years? Was it like, did you feel like you were at fault for it? Or it was Um, just like a... Just the PTSD of... Combination of...
3: It was fear. Definitely yeah. fear. I think that I th- felt like people wouldn't believe me. Um, mm. There were so many things that happened that are so beyond um, what feels like possible or um, believable or... Comprehendable.
1: Comprehendable.
3: Comprehendable. You know, people are capable of evil. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: We are capable of of immense darkness. Yeah.
3: Mm Yeah. So I just I was terrified that I was making it up. I was terrified that people wouldn't believe me. Um, Which would only cause more. Right. Right. And I was terrified that if I started speaking about it and they were, you know, this group of people was still active there would be repercussions I would find out there would, you know, like I didn't know my grandfather was dead. Um, and yeah. I, my grandfather, my grandmother had passed away by this time, but I had no idea this activity was still carrying on. And so I, I had a lot of fear. Fear of like airing it out would perpetuate more harm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But That's this, scary. this, this person, Andrew believed you. Yes. He validated
3: you. And that was huge. Yeah. To feel seen. Yeah. To really be like, no, this isn't all in your head. You have. (laughs) He was the first person who was logical about it, who was like, look at the way you behave. Look at the way Mm -hmm. you act. Look at your behavior for the last, you know. 38 years Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and tell me why you would act and think and behave and feel this way if you hadn't been through what you'd been through. Mm -hmm. And that was very validating. Right.
0: Exactly. There's there's not something wrong with you necessarily. Right.
3: So that was hugely helpful in my healing and, Mm and it really... It really took me very far. And then the other thing that happened while I was at Harrington that was hugely influ- influential was that they insisted that we go to 12-step meetings.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And so I, I had my first exposure to AA and NA.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, so I've learned that, you know, treatment gets you clean,
2: mm-hmm.
3: but the programs are what help you stay clean on the outside, mm-hmm. you know. Um, following some sort of program in your life.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and your lived experience propelled you into doing what you're doing now, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But it sounds
0: like there was some
1: more
3: to that story though. Yeah. There is a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Probably the most important part, um, actually. So as I said, I I stayed Mm -hmm. clean for a year and a half after Harrington. But um, my eating disorder didn't stop yeah you gotta eat every day yeah so i i didn't eat um and i got very sick Mm
2: -hmm. and
3: i ended up back at rogers in their eating disorder center Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and while i was there i met um a couple of really close friends Mm -hmm. um, but one in particular was a woman named emily that i stayed in touch with uh, until one day she reached out to me um and told me that she was in trouble. She had relapsed mm-hmm. um, on drugs with uh, a man who was very abusive and she needed to get away.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, I was currently in eating disorder treatment somewhere else, but Stephanie, who was still in my life sure. um, in in some way, <laughs> it was just yeah. a long story, but um, went yeah, and got her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, she came to stay with me. And uh, long story short, I thought I was going to be helping her stop and get away from this abusive man. And instead I relapsed with her Mm -hmm. um, because I hadn't been really attending meetings or or following up on what I had learned at at Harrington um, as strongly as I needed to. Mm -hmm. Um, So, the important thing to know about that relapse is it was all my nevers. Mm. So Mm. when I went to Harrington the first time, you know, Mm -hmm. I had been a pill popper, right? Mm -hmm. Occasionally I would snort something, but Mm -hmm. like, I I would never use a needle. Uh-huh. I would never. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I would never steal from my addiction. I mm-hmm. would never. I mean, obviously, I stole my mother's drugs, but I would mm-hmm. never steal from a store. I would never mm-hmm. do this. I would never do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Once Emily and I started using together, all Myself, the things I said I would never do,
2: mm-hmm.
3: they all happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I. Lied, I sold, I cheated, I mm-hmm. prostituted, I mm-hmm. everything,
2: mm-hmm.
3: right? Everything, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I, I used every drug I could get my hands on, including cocaine and heroin. And my life deteriorated before my eyes, mm-hmm. and it continued to do that for an entire year until Emily died on my bathroom floor in August mm-hmm. of 2016.
1: Okay. So sorry.
3: So, yeah. Seven months after that, I finally stopped using, mm-hmm. and that was the last time I used. It was April seventeen, uh, April seventh, two thousand seventeen, is my clean date. Uh, that was almost four years ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Wow. I got clean for Emily and for Noel. Mm-hmm but I stay clean for myself Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and to help others. So Mm -hmm. in my recovery now I have become a recovery coach and a certified peer support specialist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I've worked with other people in recovery, um, helping them find a path. Mm -hmm. But everything I do Everything I do is in Emily's honor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah
1: I can only imagine the courage to walk through that fire with other people, having walked, you know, walking through your own every day still and then and then to sign up for, okay, not only am I going to walk in my own fire, through my own fire in hell every day, a little bit, I'm imagining. Some days I know for everybody is are better than others, but you know, a life, a life as hard as yours has been. I can imagine that fire still feels like you got to fucking walk through it sometimes and and to sign up to do that with people simultaneously, Renee. Mm -hmm. Takes guts. Yeah. It's
0: like, it's a powerful gift that you truly are a lived experience that can help others, but it's come at a great cost
3: too. It has. It yeah. has cost me a lot, but that's what makes it so important
2: yeah. to, right.
3: to give. Um, <laughs> otherwise, that cost is worth nothing. Yeah. You know? That pain and that loss and everything I've been through, it was for nothing. And I don't want it that to be the case. Yeah. I want it to have all meant something. And so, if Emily's loss can save somebody else's life by me telling my story, and Emily's story, um, then it meant something. hmm hmm mm-hmm.
0: And it can save other people.
3: hmm I believe so. I believe it already has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. I've had the privilege of working with some amazing people mm-hmm. as a recovery coach
2: mm-hmm.
3: and see them blossom in recovery. Um, unfortunately, I've seen other losses too. You know, it's right. hard. Um, COVID has not been kind to those no, suffering it from right. substance use disorder. Yep.
0: No. Mental and health. I'm,
3: uh, yeah, I'm mental health. And no, we're not really supposed scared. to be isolated in these journeys. Yeah. yeah. I'm so scared for a lot of people I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um I all I can do is just be here and mm-hmm. stay in recovery myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: What what helps you stay in recovery?
3: My family. Mm-hmm my sponsor, because I have a great sponsor in in my 12-step program, Mm -hmm. Um, my daughter, my plans for the future. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I would say those are, I have a (laughs) lot of plans for the future, (laughs) and and I'm pretty psyched about them, so I would like to see them come to fruition. So Mm -hmm.
0: your daughter, Noelle, now would be 19? She is. She's 19. Yeah. And And how are you? How are you? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Have you, you and Noelle have, have you had a lot of really great opportunities to heal together in, in this? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, we went from... Oh, there was a time during the worst of my using after Emily died. Um, You know, I was using daily every night after Noel went to bed, thinking that she didn't know I was doing that. Yeah. And, um, but I would have seizures. Mm -hmm. And she, one night I, I, Knocked a lamp off my bed and mm-hmm. she came into my bedroom because she heard the noise
2: mm-hmm.
3: and she found me seizing, seizing. on my mm-hmm. bedroom floor.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, she looked at me and she turned around and she walked out. And the next morning, she was sitting on the sofa when I got up out of bed and I came in the living room and she said, Well, she didn't say, she screamed. <laughs> Don't you ever do that to me again? And how yeah. old was she? She was fourteen. <sighs> oh mm-hmm. So we come from that to her asking me to help with her college homework. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And uh, a year mm-hmm. and a half ago, in summer uh, in summer school, she wrote an essay about uh, me as a person who inspires her. Mm-hmm. So we've come a very long way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah mm-hmm. can you Can you speak to the fighter inside of you and what that person says what that what she sounds like, things that she she
3: reminds you of? <sighs> you know, it's funny because a lot of people will say like. I'm very rational a lot of the time mm-hmm. and uh, practical about things. Um, but I think I'm inherently an optimist,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, which yeah. is right. which is funny um, <laughs> considering everything I've been through. But I think there are more people in this world who wish me good than wish me harm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I think there are I think there's more love than evil.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think that if I keep breathing and keep doing the next right thing, you know, small things with great love.
1: Mm-hmm. Mother Teresa. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That if we just keep at it, you know, we can make a difference. And... Mm-hmm. That's what inspires me, you know. It's like one person at a time.
1: Yeah, and just in those in in those dark moments to just grab on to the tiniest bit of that you know, or mm-hmm. fucking fingernails and just
2: mm-hmm.
1: just those keep little, grabbing yeah. on to it. Maybe eventually we'll have a fistful of it and just mm-hmm. fucking hold on tight. Yeah.
0: Renee, what do you cause anyone who's listening? is either struggling with addiction themselves or they are struggling in relationship to an addict Mm -hmm. with or to an addict? you know, what do you think is really important for people to hear about addiction and being an addict? Because we're, we're, I think we're still really uncovering what that like, there's been a lot of stigma and a lot Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. misrepresentation Mm -hmm. of what it, what that means. And we're really starting to finally really get more of the truth of what's right. going on when you're an addict. Right.
3: Um, there's a line in in the basic text in the 12-step group that I'm in that says, we are relieved to find out we have a disease and not a moral deficiency. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is mm-hmm. one of the most important things to remember when dealing with somebody who has substance use disorder Mm -hmm. it is a substance use disorder Mm -hmm. it is a brain disease now that doesn't mean people are absolved of all responsibility but Mm -hmm. they are under the influence of a disease Mm yeah and just like we wouldn't blame someone with dementia for things they might do under the influence of that we We need to stop moralizing what people do under the influence of substance use disorder and start offering them medical solutions to their problem,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, start treating it as a disease like cancer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and do you think we're making stigma some strides? and shame, yeah. yeah, 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 I think we are, um. I'm part of a a a group, a national group called the Recovery Advocacy Project. Mm-hmm. And uh, we lobby to change laws on, on the state and national level. That's um, amazing. That are based around things like harm reduction, mm-hmm. stigma reduction, um, help with things like sober living houses and treatment center of Tra- accessibility yeah, and things. Trauma informed care. Trauma informed care, mm-hmm. uh, racial equity, ending health disparities.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. All that stuff. I think mm-hmm. we're making strides, you know, mm-hmm. little by little, you know, one state at a time, one law at a time.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's powerful. You know, coming at it from all the different angles like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Making sure that people actually do have the resources that they need. Yeah. Yeah. And and for people to know that this isn't something you do alone?
3: Mm-mm. No, I, my recovery journey has been filled with other people. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, I'm active in a 12 step program. Uh, 90% of my friends are also in that 12 step program. Yeah. I submerged myself in that program mm-hmm. and I have made a whole new family for myself mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I love my family, yeah I yeah, feel yeah. so blessed um to be part of it, and um I don't think I'd be doing the stuff I'm doing today without them and mm-hmm. their help their help and support, you know
2: mm-hmm.
3: um. I walked into those rooms and I saw people doing things like returning to college yeah. and getting new jobs and yeah. and you know switching careers and things like that. And yeah. that's what gave me the courage to say, I think I'm going to go for it. I think yeah. I'm going uh, right. to tackle my dream. Yeah.
1: Those were your mirrors. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like you've got a few of those dreams. You've got some yeah. plans. You've got yeah.
3: some, some yeah. life so yeah. all right now I'm in school. Yeah. Um at Edgewood. I'm I'm majoring in art therapy and I plan yeah. to go on and get a, a master's in art therapy. So mm-hmm. I wanna be a awesome. practicing art therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanna start a um a foundation not a foundation, um uh, a nonprofit though mm-hmm. um named in Emily's honor. Um, beautiful that is a hopefully is some sort of coalition of practicing art therapists and other trauma-informed th- mm-hmm. types of therapy, uh, mm-hmm. creative arts therapy. Hopefully, mm-hmm. um, that reaches out and works with other um, nonprofits to provide mm-hmm. um, creative arts therapy for people yeah. who normally have access to it.
1: Yeah, just weaving those webs, mm-hmm. getting people really connected, and again, all of those different angles.
3: Yeah, I mean access is
0: accessibility is a big, big piece it's to big this big, because so yeah. many people still remain yeah. to not have accessibility to this right, right. To this healing journey as And I really
1: would love to speak to that. For yeah. you, for you specifically, you're a clear a queer black woman.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And how how did you see that up in your face? Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. On um, the throat, of course. Yeah, it was definitely you know I, <laughs> I'm a queer black woman. I'm also quote unquote well spoken.
0: Oh yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> right. And, and I hate to all use that these, phrase, but those, you know I can't yeah. tell you how many times I spoke on the phone to someone, and then when they met me in person, you can uh-huh. see the shock in their eyes.
1: Uh huh.
3: Um, because they didn't realize I was black. Uh huh. Um so that privilege alone helps me all the time. Uh-huh. Um, however, I am also on the government dole. I have badge care, Medicaid. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't have it, it an insurance. Me too. But there, there's an insurance, but there's, but
1: there's a
2: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And there's yeah. stigma. And the, and and, yeah. and you you know, you you Check out your groceries and right, you know, you know, someone's behind you, seeing that green card, seeing your EBT card, Mm -hmm. you know,
0: yeah. You spoke to before when you when you're going into and you're under care and all of a sudden things, doctors'
1: offices, and right, and they hear you talk and ask these intellectual questions, and.
3: And then then the dopamine comes. Yeah. But the biggest barrier I've had is in accessing um, the right kinds of treatment. Like
0: Mm. um,
3: I still struggle with my eating disorder. It's the one piece that I don't have resolved 100%. Yeah, because it's not a – you can't just paint a broad broad brush. Because you have
1: to – because on my own journey with disordered eating, it's because you have to eat every day. Right.
3: You can't just give.
1: It you up. can't fucking invo- avoid that shit. <laughs> you gotta face it. You
3: gotta figure yeah. it out. Yeah. So I, yeah. Mo- the most recent time, my therapist was like, you know, I, I see you struggling. Why don't we just check out an IOP for you? You know, I, you don't need inpatient or anything like that. It's not that bad, but I think you could use some support. Sure. Um, a little so extra. let's just check out a little uh intensive outpatient IOP? program oh. it's an intensive outpatient program okay where basically you meet like 4 days a week for 3 hours or something like that so instead of going to the hospital right. right you mm-hmm. just do this short program a couple days a week um and so we, we should checked all have- it out yeah okay yeah we checked it out and of course badger care doesn't cover you're it, kidding me. No, it doesn't cover IOPs. It doesn't cover partial hospitalization programs either, which is sort of the step in between IOPs in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, it, it covers inpatient care, and it covers therapists. There is no in-between. So you cannot get the appropriate level of care
2: mm-hmm.
3: based on what your therapist recommends mm-hmm. or your doctor recommends mm-hmm. on badger care. yeah. So let's see, either either you're sick enough to go to the hospital or you don't need anything but a once a week therapist. Right.
1: But I also want to follow up that and say that's how it is now. Mm -hmm.
0: Doesn't doesn't mean that's how it's always going to be. I was just going to say, do you know of any- doesn't mean that's how it's always going to be. Do you know of any uh, local or state movements that are gaining momentum on this insurance issue?
3: um well recovery advocacy project definitely has an okay. eye on it
0: mm-hmm. um but
3: right now we've st- we've still been fighting we just got treatment for substance use disorder for badger care okay wow. um, I mean up until literally like two months ago That's there was no so residential wild. treatment option so for wild for substance use disorder on badger care so now there is but it doesn't pay room and board so the ridiculous thing is if you can't if you can't pay the room and board yourself you still can't get the treatment. So we're still fighting that battle. So once yeah. that's over with, you know, then we can broaden our scope to and
1: we'll we'll put that link i mean you guys have a website where people like people want to donate yeah wisconsin or... recovery
3: advocacy project okay. has a website and okay. also i'd love it if you put the link to the Safe we will definitely do recovery coaching helpline too yeah because anybody struggling with substance use disorder can get free recovery coaching that's what i did that's powerful for
1: a long time so and you were just volunteering
3: I or wasn't was volunteering. It, that was my paid job. Okay. Okay. As a recovery coach, but it's free to anybody you get who needs a recovery coach. Yeah. It was, it's grant funded. Mm-hmm.
1: Good, good, good. Well, you know, we've got a ways to go, but we've, but there's, you know, clearly there's support out there for people who need it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. There is, there is hope and support and, like I said, I attend 12-step meetings. There's a very active AA and NA communities in, in Madison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're very welcoming.
1: Yeah. What? I don't know. I, 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 have, sound-
3: I have something. Okay. Um,
0: okay. Um, I think a lot about how, um, in theory, society doesn't change easily easily until cultural, the cultural things change. Mm-hmm. And so when it pertains to the whole umbrella of being a human being and all the issues underneath it, it's like to make these – so many people like you, Renee, are just working tirelessly to help people. And sometimes I know for – I don't know if you feel this, but it's not to be in like go into a discouraging space, but it can feel like so much is left up to people to do it alone. Mm
2: -hmm. And until
0: like culture decides to value the human life Mm -hmm. better and to like really take better care of each other. You know, because the insurance thing just pisses me off. Yeah, okay. No mm-hmm. Like it's just, maddening. oh yeah. it is so I, anti-human. Like I'm, I rant. Yes. Yeah, I agree. It's just like, yeah, when are we to gonna accessible. just actually take care of each other and for and and not that like the financial aspect of it can't isn't gonna just always be a part of it, but like really, you guys, come on, you know?
3: Yeah. 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 Insurance companies make me very angry. Um, they will always make me very angry. I think they, as a an entity, make me sure. angry because, like, why would why doesn't an insurance company have any say in what kind of medical care we get? Yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're not doctors,
0: mm-hmm. right?
3: Um, <laughs> it's just too focused on the capitalistic, right?
0: Yeah, it's the whole capitalizing model is wrong. on people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think that as a mm-hmm. culture, Americans, and I, I know, I can feel the shift happening. I, I really do think that there is a mm-hmm. shift taking place where
2: mm-hmm.
0: we're realizing we're just not taking good care of each other and no, indoctrinated right. to feel like we have to do a lot alone and we have to pull up our mm-hmm. bootstraps and we have right. to like figure it out. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, there is, I think there is aspects of healing that you do in your own shadow. You do alone
3: a little bit, but we heal in
0: relationships. We heal right.
3: in community. Right. Yeah, I think we, American society has been brainwashed (laughs) a -hmm. lot, because we are a very individualistic society. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's something I've learned a lot about in school is, you know, the individualistic society versus the communal society, where the focus is much more on Family and community, and caretaking of each other, and it's just we just live in an individualistic society where the focus has always been on what you can accomplish as an individual alone.
0: And ar- ironically, we're not mm-hmm. we're
3: not really feeling good in that place. No, we're not feeling good and- in that place because we're not meant to. <laughs> like- we're, we're we're tribal pack yeah community animals.
0: Yeah, let's cheers yeah. to that. We're tribal, y'all. Yeah.
3: But also Fuck. like
0: you don't have to dismiss who you are in community. There's a way right. to honor each person oh, sure. uniquely while you're in like that's where I feel the big disconnect is right. a lot. You know? Yeah.
3: Yeah. And that's why I say we've been brainwashed because there's this fear of community engagement, community spaces, community care. Like we've associated the word community with like communist or mm-hmm. or right. Or there's a scarcity de- there's mindset. There's like, that, yes, yeah, like you can't yeah. or this codependent or
1: yourself, right? Or this like codependency of like, well, I can't lean on somebody too much. Or right. I can't lean on me too much because we I'm don't want anybody needy. to get dependent. Right. Or we I don't want to. Yeah, we don't want to like have to need each other. <laughs>
3: <Right>. <laughs> I just yeah. yeah this Those is. Those are all part of it. That's absolutely yeah. all part of it. Yeah. And the and and we
0: have been brainwashed to care about the bottom line
2: mm-hmm.
0: a lot, mm-hmm. the capitalistic bottom line. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But I do think, especially in spaces like like the 12-step group or yeah. other places that I am part of working together in community, I am seeing change. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm you know, you can't help but, like, be in a community that says, like, principles before personalities mm-hmm. and not, like, care about the the people, you know, and the, the principles of what you're doing mm-hmm. instead of getting caught up in all the garbage. Yeah. Right. And um, so I've really learned a lot about taking care of each other in our community Um, through Mm -hmm. being in 12 steps
2: Mm -hmm. and
3: Mm -hmm. um, other other groups Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I think there's hope yeah me too me too that's
1: awesome me too me three yeah God, what else? I just kind of yeah. I just like want you to keep giving us a little bit of a pep talk of like, what do you want? What do you want yeah. someone to hear who's struggling out there? What do you want? Mm-hmm. What What do you? What do you? What is your soul asking to to give light to and and um, awareness to? Or you know, I also want to ask you like, what's your medicine these days? Like, what mm-hmm. fucking gets you? Mm-hmm out of bed and like what what heals you and what nurtures you especially during this that time was a lot of questions pandemic. it that was, was, a, was lot. a lot of
3: questions that was a lot
1: of wrap-up but i just had to just like get it out <laughs> whatever whatever is up you know whatever is shining bright from all those questions feel free to speak to
3: okay i think the one thing that i would say i still want to say is anybody who's struggling with grief. Mm-hmm know that grief is survivable oh. because we as a society do not deal with grief. We mm-hmm. don't. We brush it under the rug. We say, oh, I'm so sorry. And then we expect somebody to be fine three days later.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We do not honor grief the way it, it should be honored. Mm-hmm. And that kept me using for seven months after yeah. Emily died mm-hmm. because I did not know where to go with my grief. hmm And I will forever and always be profoundly changed by Emily's death. Mm -hmm. There is no moving on from that. There Mm -hmm. is only moving forward. Mm -hmm. And I will love Emily to the day I die. Mm -hmm. Even though I you know i have moved forward and i'm in a new relationship and i'm getting married and mm-hmm. you know there's wonderful things happening in my life that relationship will profoundly echo through my life until my end of days
2: mm-hmm.
3: and people just don't understand that yeah mm-hmm. you know that grief does that to you grief grief carves a canyon in you mm. and that's okay that's okay. It's okay that we are profoundly changed. We are meant to be. And you loved
0: that person.
3: Like, yes. yeah. Yes. You'll always they say love grief her. is love's receipt, right? It's yeah. it's, it's meant beautiful. to be that way. It's beautiful. And so I just want anybody who's listening who may be grieving in any sort of way to know that grief is survivable. Mm-hmm. Grief is a gift. Even though it doesn't feel like it in the moment, Mm -hmm. it's your, it's your way through the loss. Mm -hmm. If you can just be with it. Mm -hmm. Now I understand that. Mm -hmm. And as far as what, yeah, thank you. It's really, that's powerful
0: because so many people need to hear that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, and so many more people are inviting people to be with their grief that they don't have yeah. to deny it and they don't have to mm-hmm. push it aside that they can be with it. However they need to be.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. 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 Good. It's really important.
3: Mm-hmm. So as far as what my medicine is, mm-hmm. um, I would say two things. Mm-hmm. Um, learning to be part of a family. Mm hmm and art. hmm Yeah. So for the first time, I'm learning how to be in a family, in an open, trusting relationship with my partner and my daughter, mm-hmm. and damn, it's hard work, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I'm learning so much about being an adult. Mm-hmm. And being in relationship and mm-hmm. making time for what's important. Mm. Me too. Yeah, and so that's that's really giving me a lot of purpose right now.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm.
3: And then I feel
1: so full. Yeah. that Purpose statement. It feels so. Yeah.
2: It's
3: it's a beautiful thing in my life right now. It is. does. And then art will always 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 no matter what else is happening in my life art will be my thing. I love that about art. that <laughs> <really> incredible. <laughs> Doesn't go anywhere. It is always ready it's always for us. Always
1: available.
0: Yes.
3: Oh, and it we just brings our me so much outlets. joy. Yes. 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 I can just yeah. I can sit down with a pen or marker or pencil or paintbrush and I can just I can be in flow in 2.5 seconds. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. Renee, I'm so happy for you for, that you have that. Yeah, that is such rich medicine yeah. to get. in. there's relief in that. Yeah, the mm-hmm. relief to huge those moments relief. of relief. You're like, oh, you guys, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, you you mm-hmm. feel you're like
3: the struggle. Yeah, <sighs> yeah,
1: stopped for just a little seconds. lighter for just, a minute. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. there's just the yeah. huge ah, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. relief. Yeah, sweet yeah. relief. That's what it is.
0: Yeah, for me. So. yeah. I do want to make one more point about grief. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, not to laugh, but No. like, no. grief is not. I think right now people are feeling a lot of grief that isn't necessarily related to the loss of a life, but right. like, yes. but like they're coming to terms with like things that they went through in childhood that they now need to grieve. Things that, right? You know, grief is like. I need to look right gosh, grief is just a whole ball of wax. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you've lost some somebody that you, it could be a part earlier. of you, like that just a part of an mm-hmm. old part of yourself that you're grieving or, mm-hmm. or, or how, a
1: relationship or a transition or, yeah. you know,
0: yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Or just yeah. how these kids of ours grow so fast and you kind of grieve it a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, all the time. I know you say that, but I'm like, would you
0: shut up? I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> right, right. No, we're definitely respect. I respect. know yeah. boundaries. Yeah. I'm, I'm done with this. I'm not
1: ready to look at <laughs> not, at my grief about my children growing. No, up but I so think fast. that's
0: a, no, but that's on point though a little bit. Like yeah. sometimes we people are saying that's not. I cannot go there yet. Or, I don't yeah. want to go there right now. I And that. there's the boundaries around grief too yeah. that are really important. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. There, like with COVID, there's just a lot to like. Oh, there is so much. So I've I've grieved so hard with COVID, the loss of my normal activities mm-hmm. and, People and are missing how much each depression other. I've yeah. had to go through and the loss of my friends. And mm-hmm. it's just been awful. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I believe that yeah, we just gotta hang in there. But yeah, we gotta acknowledge that grief, that mm-hmm. up down, upside down Maslow's hierarchy, right? Like our yeah. basic needs are not getting met right now, even though we're getting all this stuff at the top. Right. It's, it's not right. right.
1: We're not right right now. Right.
3: Right. right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Back to some more medicine. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, and
1: I've
3: gotta, I've gotta get
1: going. I know. Yeah, you, we like to like. Um. I know. And maybe this is a strange pivot, but we really, music is medicine. Hmm. Yeah, you lit up. Like, what, you want to just name s- some things that you like to listen to? I'm
3: so weird with the music. I'm super eclectic. Like, I yeah. listen to 93.1 in my car. Yeah, I'm like yes. a big hip-hop person. I yeah. love it's funny because there's one. so many horrible drug references. Yeah. No, it, um, it's totally. Yeah. Yeah, But I like hip-hop. I You know, I, I dig Eminem and uh macklemore because god bless them both god macklemore
0: in recovery
3: no that's true though the that they're representing recovery this this song Mm -hmm. glorious can we put on glorious Glorious was my song when i was on when i got when i got clean let's put it, it on was, because that that's video the makes me number done. 1 yeah, hit that's when amazing. i got
1: clean you're kidding me oh my yeah. god oh, and you named it well, i named it but you know yeah. no Is chill. anybody surprised surprised no. 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 no it was nobody's totally surprised. meant to me nobody's surprised about anything this <laughs> and, uh, video this video makes me
3: cry oh it's beautiful yeah
1: okay let's make sure All there's right. no terrible commercial here do you uh, know this video? A call, honey. Yeah, I, I made, uh...
3: You were talking
1: about this morning how you wanted to name one of your children Gloria. I
0: did. I, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. like 20 Glory. minutes that's before crazy. we...
0: It was Gloria or Gloria, but yeah. Mm-hmm. God, this video. Okay, okay yeah. well, let's get a snippet well, in here right. for well, Renee. Now
1: he's gotta do... We got to just go right to the... Well, listen to the beginning. Do you know this
3: video? I haven't seen it in a while, but I know I've seen it.
0: What do you want to do? Go outside
2: and have a drink? No, you don't drink. Just me. <laughs> I took up your habits. Today we're gonna do whatever you want to do.
0: Yeah. Oh, this I man. Yeah. Watch anything? Anything you want to oh, do? Oh, God, I want to do it all. Mm. <laughs> this is an anthem.
1: This is an I I'm anthem. I never, never left. Oh.
0: Spread.
2: Another,
0: step. It's a power another song. step, another day. another breath, another breath, Been chasing dreams. <laughs> I know, I just want to you hold know, the day right now. <laughs>
2: I gotta know where to do the release of life as <laughs> yeah. a piece of the, the, the ride and
0: shit. I'm, I'm on my way, I'm on my way. We are on I'm our way. way. Uh-huh. What can I say? I heard you die twice. What's going to, to bear you in the grave? Oh, I got the show
1: last I've got the time was a body show we're honest. getting
2: to yeah. the refrain we're not stopping oh, till we get to that refrain legend is exodus searching for you for through the mud and find the present no ignoring i've got 20,000 deep up in the street like we some warriors my mama told me never bow your head i feel glorious oh yeah
0: beautiful <You> <laughs> I'm gonna play this
3: song. Sweet or Lee? Sweet oh, or Lee? that's the line that always got me. This is who I am. How could I forget? Mm. I was getting clean the second time. It was like this is what I am meant to be doing with my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Renee. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You're a real badass. You're a real healer. Aw, oh, thank you. I appreciate You're it. You guys are soldier. wonderful.
1: You're a real soldier. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having the courage that you do. And thanks for walking through fire with people.
0: Thanks for sharing. It's my honor someone's gonna someone's gonna listen to this today or in the days ahead and it's gonna yeah. it's gonna really impact them mm-hmm.
3: uh, it I will hope so it
0: mm-hmm. will um, it, I hope so.
3: Mm-hmm. you're you're it, it you will. have a
0: legacy for sure
3: mm-hmm. that is my plan
0: yeah i can feel <laughs> it i see it i feel it cheers quickly. cheers to
1: you renee cheers
0: Shares Be, Be well. Beautiful soul. Thank you for sharing. Be well. So generously. Thank you for being
3: here with us. It You're so welcome. It means a lot. Yeah. Thank okay. you. It means a lot to me too.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Do you want to stay on for another minute or are you good?
3: I have gotta to go. go. Okay, thank yeah, you. I have to take my grand, my mother-in-law to the COVID shot. That's right. Put on, yeah. finish that
1: song. Put that song on repeat. I'll, I'm gonna listen to this probably about six times today. Yeah, sounds like a plan. You know. <laughs> I, yeah. think I gotta work on a PowerPoint. I think this is gonna go on this for about
3: The six. song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a six. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay, thank much you much.
0: Take Let's keep in touch. Okay, fine, sounds fine.
3: good.
0: hugs. Big okay, hugs. Right. Hugs. hugs. Bye. 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 Now I'll see the sunrise.
2: Now